with money, I'm going to advocate for as much consciousness as possible, just the same way that I advocate for as much consciousness as possible with our relationships, with our behaviors, with our body, our health, our spirituality. Because whenever we're willing to unpack and investigate where we've come from, how we're currently operating in our lives and where we want to go in the future, the more empowered we are likely to feel. And that would be my deepest wish for you and for every person who identifies as a woman is that you feel empowered and conscious in your relationship to money. I believe that what we do as women in the privacy of our own minds is the single greatest determinant of our lives. I'm Emma Title, and you are listening to the Women Today podcast, where we are unpacking and investigating the new female psychology. I am a psychotherapist, coach, and teacher who is passionate about women's internal and external freedoms. You are in the right place if you want to hear in-depth stories about women's lives. On this show, we dig deep into the minds and hearts of women to understand what it really takes to heal, to grow, and to experience psychological freedom so that we can create lives of authenticity, fulfillment, and contribution. This is a place to receive nourishment, inspiration, and guidance as we continue to show up for the complexity and nuance of our lives as women. I'm so glad that you're here, and let's get started with today's episode. Hey, and welcome back everyone to the podcast. I am so excited because we are transitioning into the month of March and the theme on the podcast for this month is going to be women and money. And I have been doing a ton of planning and having amazing conversations here behind the scenes. So I've got some totally brilliant and inspiring conversations that you are going to love coming up here in the month of March. And per usual, today I'm going to be introducing the topic to you all, sharing some of my broader thoughts on the subject matter, um, also sharing a bit of my own personal journey on the topic, and offering some practical exercises for you to engage in if you're interested in taking this deeper in terms of your own work with your relationship to money. And I'll also be sharing some of my favorite books, websites, and podcasts on the topic as well. So make sure to stick around for the whole episode. So before I jump into the women and money conversation with you all, I wanted to say that I'm doing something extra fun and special on the podcast this month, which is offering a book giveaway to anybody who writes a review for me and the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And I want to just break it down and let you know why this is important. So the way that people find podcasts and the way that they get ranked in iTunes or on other hosts like Spotify is that the more people that leave a rating and review, the more likely the Women Today podcast is to populate when a woman is looking up information about women, psychology, empowerment, any of these things. And so the ratings and the reviews are not really for me personally. They are for the mission of the work, which is about getting women the information, the education, the inspiration, and the tools and the ideas that they need to get as empowered and alive and fulfilled and as energized about their lives as possible so that they can contribute 
from their highest potential, which I believe is what we all need on this planet right now more than ever. And so if you are willing to take just a minute to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, I would be honored to send you a real gift in the mail. It will be a surprise, but it will be books about the subject of women and money. So these will be some of my favorite authors, the books that have made the biggest impact in my life or any upcoming authors that I'm wanting to support with their book launches. So all you have to do is just leave a rating and a review, take a quick snapshot of it, and then email it as evidence to emma at emmatitle.com. And when you do that, just leave me your mailing address and I'll be sure to pop something in the mail to you. And I'm wanting to do this because I really want as many women as possible to find this podcast and your help, your support, you taking that one minute out of your day to leave a rating and a review makes all the difference for other women who are seeking this information. So thank you so much in advance. And I'm just going to read a couple of reviews right now to give you a sense and to thank these women. And if you are one of these women who's written a review already, please let me know right in to emma at emmatitle.com and I'll be sure to send a gift your way because I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to write this review. So Lo Jimenez says, incredible podcast. It helps me to reflect on and process my own journey in womanhood. Emma is an incredible guide to a deeper sense of connection. Thank you, Lo Jimenez. And V. Nicolette says, hallelujah, high five. May both of you continue to bless many. This podcast has been an emotional, mental, and spiritual awakening for me. Thank you both. Thank you, V. Nicolette. And one more for good measure, Inner Mountaineer. She says, nourishing for the soul. The Women Today podcast presents deep, soulful meditations on the paradoxes, challenges, and pleasures of womanhood in the 2020s, grounded in stories and lived experience I wholeheartedly recommend. Thank you so much, Inner Mountaineer. So again, if you've got a moment, leave a rating or review, send me a picture at emma at emmatitle.com, and I will be sure to send some pretty exciting books on women and money your way. I can't wait to send you a gift and thank you for leaving a review. All right, so let's jump in, okay? The topic of women and money excites me beyond measure. And you're probably going to feel that for me because I get super jazzed, super energized, super uplifted, and like fired up when I talk about women and money. So you're going to hear that shift in tone. I love all the other topics, but there's something about women and money that just does it for me. So I hope you're on board and uh, I hope it's as exciting to you as it is for me. And I want to start out by saying explicitly that I am not a financial expert. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, Emma, I thought this was a show about women's psychology and empowerment. It is. And that is why I am so excited to be tackling the conversation about women and money. Because over the last 15 years of my career working with women's mental health and well-being, what I've noticed is that we cannot talk about women's empowerment, whether that's the internal empowerment in our psychologies or the external empowerment that we want for all women out in the world in all different realms. We can't talk about it without also talking about women, money, and economics, okay? These things are deeply, deeply interrelated. So because I am wholeheartedly committed to supporting women's empowerment, 
over the course of my career, I've found that it is essential to include the conversation of financial health as one of the many areas of focus when I'm working with my clients, whether they're coaching or psychotherapy clients, if they're interested. Because basically, this is such a huge category of our lives, just like our relationships or our physical health or our spiritual identity. It's such a major area that when we're disempowered or disconnected from this area of our lives, it will deeply impact the other areas of our life as well. And it will reduce our empowerment or our sense of efficacy in the world if we're not addressing this area simultaneously. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that this means that you identify as being a woman. And just to be clear, any soul, any human being, regardless of sex assignment at birth, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, if you identify as being a woman, you are welcome here. And I'm so deeply glad that you are here. And what being a woman means to each one of us is so different we have distinctions, we have differences, we are all evolving in our identity as women. And my experience of womanhood is different than your experience of womanhood. And my experience versus your experience versus the next woman's experience, all of those experiences are being informed by so many other components of our identity. And this is what folks often refer to as intersectional identity. So what this means is that all of our background, our racial, our ethnic, our cultural upbringing, our religious, our spiritual ideas, our sexual orientation, our gender identity, our ability, our economic status, all of these things are coming together. You know, the family that we were raised in, the location we were raised in, the stories of our ancestors, all of these things are coming together and they are shaping each one of us and our identities as women. So it's essential that we're always specific and careful to own our own experience and not overgeneralize when we're talking about women and these kind of broader themes. However, because women have been historically disempowered, disenfranchised, and lacking access to both the earning and the management and the direction, you know, the flow of spending of money, because we have had less economic power historically, there are some ways that even with our distinct identities as women, that there are certain things that we all share in our collective identities as women and things that we need to be aware of if we're identifying as women when we're entering the money conversation. So I just wanted to name all of that upfront from the beginning. So there are so many dimensions to money and I could go on and on about this. There's global economics. There are the social justice issues and systemic oppression that impact the flow and the availability of financial resources. There is the area of money management, understanding, earning, spending, saving, giving, and investing. All of these are really powerful areas to explore. And I highly recommend that if it's of interest to you, that you start to educate yourself and learn about these subjects. It has been incredibly empowering for me to study the history of women and money, to study these more global economic and social justice issues, because through education, I have found an incredible amount of 
more self-efficacy and empowerment and also new ways of thinking about women and money. But for today on this podcast, I really want to stay in the realm of my professional expertise, which is understanding and focusing the conversation on the subject of women's intrapsychic relationship with money and how that is shaping our lives. So when I say intrapsychic, I am talking about in the psyche. So how are we each individually relating to money and our relationship to money? And how is that positively, negatively, or neutrally affecting the outcomes and the results in our lives? And I love this conversation. So regardless of our individual identities, like I was talking about, I think that one thing that we can all agree on is that in the United States, there is a massive change that we are all living through. And it has been going on and it continues to progress, you know, with um, lots of ebbs and flows and a lot of progress and then regression as per usual. That's what happens in change, both in the individual level and in the macro level. And this change involves women having greater and greater levels of access to wealth. And it's not equal across the board, as I was saying in reference to the intersectional identity comments, that this is not equal. We're not experiencing this as women in equal measure or proportion. There's a lot of difference and there is much work to be done that we really need to get behind and understand so that all women have access to greater and greater levels of wealth. But overall, there is a transition of women having more access and power over how wealth moves in the economy. Several years ago, I was at a book signing with Amanda Steinberg. She's the founder of dailyworth.com. She's since sold it. She's also the author of Worth It. And I highly recommend that book if you haven't read it. So when I heard her speak many years ago, one of the things that I was blown away by was how much Amanda emphasized this never before seen, experienced quality of this time. And she described that in the U.S., there is the biggest transfer and transition of wealth into the hands of women than ever seen before in history. So whether that has to do with generational inheritances, the direct earnings that women are doing on their own accord, or the incredible rise in women's education and empowerment around money management, whatever it looks like, women have never had this much economic influence and control. And when I talk about this, I get chills in my body. Seriously, I have it right now because this is so exciting. I cannot emphasize this enough for those of us who care about women's psychological empowerment, women's health, women's well-being, women's ways of caring uh, for family and extended family and clan. So what it means that women are now, you know, stewards and having power over money in this way is that there are more and more opportunities for women. There's more choice for women. There's more freedom for women. But there's also something particularly thrilling, which is that all of the statistics show that when women earn more and or have more governance or dictation over how money gets spent, when we have more influence and when there's more allocation of financial resources in our hands, there are better collective outcomes for everyone across the board. 
And that affects individual family lives. It affects the environment and planetary situation as a whole. And it also affects the redistribution of wealth to more marginalized and disenfranchised communities. Economies do better as a whole when women have more money in their pockets. And all the data shows this. It's hands down 100% true. So if you want to look into some of the more specific stats around this, I highly recommend a website called Elevest. They have awesome articles and I've learned a ton from them over the years. So learning about all of this, and I have so much more to learn. I'm, I'm really like a baby when it comes to all of the information and the stats. But I am voracious and I love studying this because learning about all of this has been an incredibly profound motivator for me in my personal relationship to money. And it has also made me that much more dedicated to helping all of my clients who are feeling stuck or stunted around their earning potential or their relationship to money. Because I know that when I support one woman to get more free, to get more empowered, I'm not just helping her. I'm also helping a larger system that I want to see change. So I think sometimes as women, I'll just put this out there that a lot of the women I work with, it can feel complicated or tricky or just not straightforward to wholeheartedly embrace earning more for our own personal gain. Because as women in patriarchy, we know how destructive this mentality has been historically. We know that we don't want to just be all about only the self and not thinking about the other or the collective situation. And so sometimes that stops us from being really ambitious around our earning. And so if this is going on for you, I just want to suggest that you might start to shift your thinking and realize that the more that you embrace earning, the more that we embrace earning, the more that we have the power to contribute to the betterment of our collective reality as women, as a whole society, okay? So each one of our guests this month is going to be talking about these various themes of the individual, the intrapsychic experience of money, but also bringing it back out to the collective and the world and the social, environmental, political issues that we want to see change. And I'm really excited to be bringing these conversations to you. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that with money, I'm going to advocate for as much consciousness as possible, just the same way that I advocate for as much consciousness as possible with our relationships, with our behaviors, with our body, our health, our spirituality. Because whenever we're willing to unpack and investigate where we've come from, how we're currently operating in our lives and where we want to go in the future, the more empowered we are likely to feel. And that would be my deepest wish for you and for every person who identifies as a woman is that you feel empowered and conscious in your relationship to money. So I just want to be clear that improving our relationship with money does not always necessarily need to translate into earning more dollars. Life, particularly as women, has many phases, and we all have different circumstances that we're born into and that we experience, just like I mentioned in the beginning around intersectional identity. I have supported so many different types of women over the course of my career. I've supported undocumented women who are immigrants from other countries who fled 
violence and abuse and were searching for a better life for their children. I have supported women who are successful owners and entrepreneurs who earn seven figures. I have supported women who are employees and unhappy in their work and feeling underpaid. And I have supported women who are doing a ton of unpaid domestic work when that comes to child rearing and home tending and preparing food and keeping a space clean. And they're not, they're not being paid directly in the form of dollars. So regardless of the circumstances that we are in, we all have a relationship to money. And that relationship, from my perspective, comes first. And then the technicalities, the logistics, the math, the um, goal setting, the desire to change, all of that comes second to understanding the relationship. I hope this is making sense. So I believe we have to start with the awareness and then we can move more into some of the more technical aspects of the money. Okay. So yeah, and just one other thought on that is that I believe we can find deep, deep empowerment in our relationship to money, even if we don't earn more in a technical dollar sense, or even if we are the sole breadwinner in our family, or even if we continue to be in poverty, we can still find empowerment in the relationship with money. So it's, it's the relational first, and then all the other details and technicalities second. So as promised, I want to share a little bit personally now with you about my journey, because I always learn from hearing other women share their stories. So I was an unlikely candidate to be someone talking about money at all, (laughs) to be creating a podcast about it, no less. When I was growing up, I was always most successful in the realms of writing and emotions, communication and relationships. I wanted to know what made people tick, why people were the way they were, and I wanted to know why I was the way that I was. It was fascinating to me. In school, you know, I did totally fine in the math and sciences, and but I just was never naturally drawn to economics, numbers, or spreadsheets. It just was not something that inspired me the way that human behavior and relationships and emotions and writing and creativity did. So on my personal growth journey, it's been a real surprise, I would say a pleasant surprise, to actually come to deeply embrace money and my relationship to it as a very sacred and worthwhile territory. So at this point in my life, I have a weekly check-in with my relationship to money. I think about it daily and I talk about it a lot in my work with clients in my marriage, in my relationships with my friends. But my love for an interest in money actually came through a much more intuitive, nonlinear, and psychological framework. And I have to say, I'm so grateful that it did because, as I said earlier, money impacts so many areas of our lives. And so I really discovered for myself personally and also witnessing other women is that I cannot be my most empowered self, my most fulfilled self, my most engaged self if I don't tend to my relationship with money. So because I, over the course of my career, became so hungry to support women in whatever areas they were feeling stuck, blocked, or disempowered in, 
I found that I really needed to get more and more empowered and clear and healed in my own relationship to money if I was going to be of any use to supporting the other women that were coming to me for help. And so I did. And I'm really glad that I did because now it's this really rich and beautiful part of my life. And it's not like I'm done figuring out the money thing or, or like being a female and money thing. It's not like we come to some arrival or finish line with the relationship to money. It's and never have to look at again. It's something that needs consistent care, attention and consciousness. It's like a lifelong relationship in the same way that I have a relationship with my daughter or my husband, my family or my friends, my soul or my physical body. My relationship to money is something that I reckon with and I wrestle with. And it's a place where I can have major insights or breakthroughs. I can experience growth. I get frustrated. I feel stuck. But this kind of dynamic, engaged, um, fully turned on relationship to money is so much more appealing to me than and rewarding than the, the feeling of being in a more avoidant, disconnected or cut off relationship from money because I know money is such a major area of my life. So just another little quick personal share is that the money relationship, when we choose to engage it, there are so many different phases and seasons of it. So I've had times in my money life where the primary focus was on learning how to spend in a way that was more in alignment and integrity with the amount that I was earning. At other times in my life, the primary focus was on, you know, feeling really frustrated with feeling like I was under earning and learning how to start earning more money. And that was a whole chapter. And right now, my focus is actually on being a very deep student of investing. And specifically, I'm learning about something called impact investing right now. And it's all about how to grow wealth in a way that also contributes to creating a world that I want to leave for my daughter and the next generation of human beings and the planet moving forward. So that's been, I'm in a really exciting phase right now. And one of our guests um, this month will be talking about impact investing which I know is really exciting to a lot of women. So all of that to say, my money relationship has involved a lot of introspection. It's involved a lot of learning and reading, a lot of researching and talking to other women about money and their relationship to money because I am such a relational learner and many of us are as women. And that's why I'm so excited to bring these podcasts forward because I hope you walk away from the conversations with a little insight, a little nugget, something that turns a light bulb on in your brain so that you can start to move your money forward in a way that feels really positive to you. One other piece that I want to share personally is that I have transitioned into feeling a lot of empowerment in my relationship to money, specifically by taking over a lot of the spending decisions in our household. So it's it's been a work in progress. My husband and I have been together for 15 years and we've had so many phases in our money relationship as a couple. But at this point in the game, as a family, I typically determine where we make purchases from as much as possible. And in making this transition, what I've done is I've really prioritized purchasing from companies that are women-owned, women of color-owned when, when and where I can, 
or B Corps or, or companies that have very clearly stated values around their ecological preservation and what they're doing for the state of the planet. I also try to support companies that are actively engaged in diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So it's not perfect. You know, I still sometimes need to purchase things from companies whose values I don't feel as in alignment with. But this change in how our family spends money has been a huge empowerment to me um, that's different than the earning types of empowerment that I was talking about earlier. So I just want to encourage you to think creatively um, and to really assess what your role is in your household, whether that's just you or if you have children or a spouse or a partner. And there are lots of different ways that you can impact the flow and the control and the management of money that can start to feel distinct from how the dominant cultural norms are telling us that we should be dealing with money as women. So I think this is already clear, but I just want to say something very explicitly, that when we start to understand that money is not just an object, it's not just a concrete thing, but there is it's actually an energy form, and it's a we have a soul, psychological, personal relationship with it. If we come from this view and perspective right from the bat, we are going to have so much more success changing and evolving whatever is going on with us in our relationship to money. So there's also a behavioral relationship with money, and we cannot separate the two. So just as every woman who's listening to this has a relationship with food, or a relationship with her body, a relationship with her family of origin, or a relationship with her career, or a relationship with community or friends. We all have a relationship with money. And just like any area of our lives where we're feeling disempowered, we cannot change behavior before we look at the relationship, the thought forms, the beliefs, and where we come from. And so I'm going to be giving you some really practical exercises today to start doing that work or to help you progress it further if you're already interested in this stuff. So before I go into the steps of increasing consciousness, I want to talk about empowerment. And empowerment, you know, it's a word that gets thrown around a lot, particularly in the women's empowerment space. And I think sometimes we don't stop to break down what is empowerment. And so from my perspective, empowerment is derived from first and foremost, awareness. And this awareness has to be about self. And usually it also has to be about other and or the world. So a way to say this simply is we need to know what's going on and be honest about where we are in the present moment before we try to shift anything at all. So the second step of empowerment from my perspective is that we require information. So we need the necessary information in whatever area of life we're trying to shift in order to become more effective. We need to be informed about the issue, and this often requires a lot of persistence in researching, information gathering, recognizing what we don't know so we can fill in the gaps, and understanding where we are under-informed, and also understanding where we're not getting the result that we want. So awareness and information alone 
can be, you know, years of process. I'm not saying it has to be, but I just don't want to underestimate these two requirements for empowerment. And then the third component of empowerment is that we need to feel that we have the ability to change, affect, or influence both our internal beliefs and our behavior as it relates to ourselves and the rest of the world. But behavior change follows belief change almost always. Occasionally it could be different, but almost always behavior change follows belief or perception or understanding. Something has to shift there first. So there are many behaviors and actions that we can engage in our relationship to money to hopefully increase, say, our earning potential or to increase the percentage we save each year. But typically, these changes will only occur if we first go through the process of locating ourselves in our behavior in the here and now, in the present moment, if we get informed to understand what we haven't known. And this sometimes requires a lot of deep soul work to stop believing what we do about ourselves, others, and the world. And and once we have done all that, then we can start the behavior change. So the fourth component of empowerment is people try to change a behavior, and oftentimes they even try to do a behavior that's not even best for them biologically or physiologically or emotionally, but they're just after something. And so they change it, but they can't sustain or integrate the change because they haven't done the deeper work to shift their identity and to unearth these deeper beliefs or narratives Um, or pieces of information or lack of information that are driving the show. So we get fully empowered when we can sustain the change we want. We're getting a better result in our lives. And we've integrated that change into a sense of identity. So I'll give you an example of the identity that you might be in right now is I am a woman who is under earning. And if you want to shift, you're going to have to go through this process of unpacking, investigating, researching, doing all these things I'm saying. And eventually the empowerment will come when you realize that I'm a woman who is earning at the potential that I feel best at or that I feel is right for me. So it's that I statement, that identity sense that actually allows us to then live into that potential long into the future and not regress back into an earlier stage of our development. So just to walk you through those really quickly again, empowerment is derived from awareness, information, ability to change and adapt both belief and behavior, and the capacity to sustain and integrate the desired change. So if we're talking about how to make our relationship with money more conscious and how to get more empowered in our relationship with money, we're going to have to do some deep work. And so I'm going to give you some ideas and exercises right now. You might want to write these down. You can always come back to the episode. But I've got five ideas for you here before I give you some ideas about things to read or listen to. So the first way to make your relationship more conscious with money is that I want you to spend some time with a journal unpacking and exploring your parents' relationship to money, the home you were born into, the culture you were raised in, the environment that surrounded you regarding money. 
Oftentimes, one of the most powerful things to look for here is the direct or indirect ways that messages about money were passed down. So ideas like money doesn't grow on trees or rich people are arrogant. All of these types of things, and they're different in every family and culture that we're born into, these become like the air we breathe, the soup we swim in. Oftentimes, it's so baked into our belief structure and our identity structure around money that we cannot even differentiate from it. And if we want to start changing belief or behavior around money, we need to have a lot more choice and an ability to discern what it is that we want to carry on from our family and what we don't want to carry on from our family. So that's exercise number one. You could also do this verbally with a trusted friend or therapist or coach or confidant. Um, But if you're not going to do it that way, I highly recommend writing it down. The second exercise I would recommend is start to track and look much more closely at your money behaviors. So many people, specifically women, don't do this, and it can create so much harm, so much confusion, so much misperception around money. So please, if you are not paying attention to what you're doing with money, start today. Start paying attention. You don't need to change anything. You don't need to beat yourself up. You don't need to try to be someone or somewhere that you're not. Just start paying attention, and that will go a huge, huge way for you. So where I would challenge you is to start noticing and getting super concrete about what you're currently earning. I also want you to get super concrete on what you're currently spending, where you're spending it, and on what you're spending. I want you to also notice how you make spending decisions. So you'll often hear me talk about becoming a researcher or using the scientific method on yourself. But start to notice how you make a decision when you're going to spend money. I want you to notice how you are saving money or not saving money and how you're investing money or not investing money, where you give money and where you don't give money. So again, this is not about changing. It's just about tracking and becoming intimate and familiar with how you do money because everyone does it in a unique way. And the most important step of empowerment is that first step of awareness. So if we don't know these details, there's no way we can make a sustainable change in our lives. The third exercise, if you want to take yourself through it, is examine how you feel about the word money. One of my favorite ways to do this exercise with clients or with myself is to do a brain dump. So pull out a piece of paper and write the word money at the top of the page and then set the timer for five minutes and just put every single word down underneath the word money that you associate with money. And once the timer goes off, you can take a break, step away for a minute, or you can just keep going. I want you to step back, look at the page, notice what words are there, and then ask yourself, if I didn't know the person who wrote down these words, what would I imagine this person believes about money? And how would I imagine that this person behaves around money? So it's belief again and behavior, okay? So then the fourth piece to try to increase your consciousness around money and your relationship to it is to ask yourself, am I happy with the amount of money that I have in my life? Do I wish I had more or less money? And if so, why? Now, some of you listening might be thinking, why would anybody ever wish they have less money? But I can tell you, again, after 15 years of working with women from all different walks of life, you wouldn't believe how disempowered and stressed and overwhelmed 
wealthy women can feel in their relationship with money. Okay. This is, this is something people don't talk about a lot, but it's not only people who are lacking money, who aren't happy with their relationship with money. It can also happen for wealthier people. So again, ask yourself, are you happy with the amount of money in your life? Do you wish you had more or less? And if so, why? Not trying to change anything. We're not trying to alter anything. It's just getting to that deeper why right now. And then the final question that you can ask yourself to add consciousness to your money relationship is, how would I need to change as a person to feel happier and more connected or fulfilled in my relationship to money? And notice that it's, how would I need to change as a person to feel happier or more connected, fulfilled in my relationship to money? So it's not what behavior do you need to change? What action do you need to change? What goal do you need to set? But how would you need to change as a core person in your identity to feel more fulfilled in your relationship to money. All right, so that's a lot to chew on. And some of those exercises may fit for you, some may not, but if they're inspiring, I'd encourage you to go deep so that you can start to add consciousness to your relationship with money. So you can start to make those initial steps to feel more empowered in your relationship to money. And then as promised, if you are wanting to go further with this, some of my favorite resources are some books. Some of these folks are going to be on the podcast later this month. They won't ruin the surprise. But um, one of the books that I highly recommend, and she has tons of exercises, is a book called The Art of Money by Barry Tesler Linden. She also has a podcast. I would totally recommend checking her out. And she's amazing for this kind of intra-psychic work on our relationship to money. Um, there's another book I mentioned earlier by Amanda Steinberg called Worth It. I highly recommend that for more of the kind of global macro situation, particularly the macro situation in the U.S. around the transition of wealth into women's hands. But there's also some amazing practical steps for women to um, engage there around getting their financial house in order. So I love that. There is a podcast by a woman named Rachel Rogers, and it's called Hello 7. She's also going to be publishing a book later this spring called We Should All Be Millionaires. And I am obsessed with Rachel. She is incredible. And her work is entirely focused on helping as many women, particularly women of color and LGBTQIA identified individuals in becoming millionaires and really getting economically empowered. So I love her work. Um, I'd highly recommend checking it out. There is another podcast called So Money by a woman named Farnoosh Torabi. And she also wrote a book. She wrote a couple of books, but there's one that's great called When She Earns More. And Farnoosh is an incredible financial expert. She's super down to earth. I highly recommend her podcast for practical everyday advice on things like student loan repayment and buying a home and debt repayment, all those kinds of things, um, investing for retirement. And she also really helps women who are the breadwinners in their families. Uh, another book is by a woman called Kate Northrup. And she wrote a book called Money, A Love Story. Her work focuses less on money right now, but it's always integrated into what she's doing. And that's an incredible short and sweet read all about different women's relationships with money. So I highly recommend it as a relational learning tool, even though it's a book. And finally, I love the website Elevest. If you're wanting to get more 
that that second step of empowerment, which is around the information gathering. Um, they have tons of blogs, uh, interviews, stats, uh, programs, all sorts of learning. If you realize there's a certain area of your life, whether it's spending, earning, saving, investing, or giving where you're feeling disempowered, um, I think that can be a great tool as well. So I hope you found this episode interesting and engaging. And if you're someone who's feeling a bit resistant or repelled by the women and money conversation, I hope that you can take some inspiration and and maybe find your own unique way of entering the conversation, just like I did. You know, think about what you are motivated around. Think about what you are interested in and how is that related to money? That's what I needed to do. I was fascinated by human behavior and what made people tick. And that's why I have become so interested in money because I think the way we operate with money is a part of that whole story. Um, And maybe some of the prompts or the exercises might help to break down some of that resistance for you too. And if you're someone who's like me, who's already totally jazzed and inspired about this conversation and wants even more, I hope you profoundly enjoy this next month of the series on women and money on the podcast. Share it with your friends, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. As I said, if you leave a rating and a review this month and you email me at emma at emmatitle.com, I, with the proof that you left the review and your mailing address, I will send you some of my favorite women and money books in the mail. And I would love to give you to you in that way because you helping other women find this podcast means so much to me. It means so much to me personally, but it means so much to the mission of my work and my vision for the world in which all women and girls are free and have the freedom and the support that they need to reach their highest potential. And women, we cannot reach our highest potential without being conscious in our relationship with money. We just cannot do it. So I hope this episode is getting your wheels turning, got some juices flowing, and I cannot wait to be back with you next week and to introduce our incredible guests and thought leaders to you. Take wonderful care of yourself, of the people you love, and the people that you serve in your life, and thank you so much for being here. All right, talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Today podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings this podcast gets, the more easily women around the world will be able to access this valuable information. Remember, we each have our unique role to play in this collective uprising for women all over the world. Whoever you are and wherever you find yourself in this moment, there is a deep intelligence to your particular place in the wider web, and we need the specific experiences, insights, and gifts that only you carry. I am sending you my heartfelt strength and support for wherever you are on the journey, and I'll look forward to connecting again next week.